Good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to tune into our Bible study this week. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Um, I'm actually on a minister's seminar this week, uh, which has been uh, very interesting and very enlightening. Um, and one of the Bibles that I was just using um, as we've been going through, excuse me, some of our presentations, I just decided to take a different Bible out of my shelf. I'm very blessed to have a number of different ones. And uh, in, in the one section there that we were reading through, I found some notes that I'd made um, just before lockdown. And it was very interesting. I'd just been reflecting on it a little bit that uh, um, it was linking in with Jesus going into the desert. Um, and I thought, you know what, actually, considering what we have gone through the last sort of 18 months or so, uh, some of these thoughts that I jotted down were prior to COVID. And in fact, you know, we hadn't really even begun to understand COVID and lockdown and things like that. But uh, I think there's some correlation here into in terms of how we may be feeling um, and also just in terms of the experience for Jesus as he went into the time of desert, um, the desert experience, the wilderness Maybe there are a few of you listening today who can relate to that and wondering the purpose of the wilderness that we have been through or are experiencing at the moment. Um, so let's just pray together. In the meantime, if you want, um, you can pray with one eye closed and with the other eye open, you can look to Matthew chapter 4 and then we'll get into our Bible study for today. So Lord God, we come to you this morning or this afternoon whenever we are listening to this and we gather around your word, knowing that there are other believers who are also listening um, and wrestling with this uh, scripture passage. We thank you, Lord God, that you give us food for the journey and you supply all of our needs. And so we ask for those spiritual needs today to be met um, as we seek your face. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have managed to find it, Matthew chapter 4, um, what I always find fascinating is in the way Matthew has put his gospel together, um, Jesus' journey into the wilderness um, happens after a very high moment of, of celebration, if you like, in his life because he's just been baptized. And I was going to read verse 16 and 17, the last two verses of chapter 3, which says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then the beginning of chapter 4 um, says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, I think I've mentioned before in our Bible studies that, that the chapter breaks and verse breaks were actually only put in after the scriptures were written. Uh, and it was done that just to help us kind of digest things in a bit more of a bite-sized or an orderly way. So, I mean, if you could just imagine that verse 1 of chapter 4 literally follows on straight away from the end of what is our chapter 3, there's this part of me that, that says, it's unbelievable that the Spirit of God would lead Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil just after God, the same Spirit of God, has said from heaven, this is my son, I love him, and I'm well pleased with him. Um, because often, the reason why I was kind of act shocked in that way, or initially, was because 
we always perceive the desert um, or the time of wilderness <clears throat> as being a form of punishment, um, a negative experience. But what if, if we turn that around a little bit and, um, and saw it as part of a bigger plan from God? Um, in fact, if you look at the word uh, tempted in, in this particular chapter, chapter 4, um, the, the Greek word is actually more to, to test or to try. And um, you know, there's all kinds of theories as to why God would want that to happen to Jesus. Um, but being the people that we are, knowing how the story ends up, we can make sense of it because we remember that Jesus was tried. He was tested by the devil on three accounts. Um, and the temptations that came to him were one, to use his power to his own gain. Uh, the other one was to, to kind of create the spectacular, sensational act, throwing himself from the temple that people would see this and say, wow, let's follow Jesus because he's this, this kind of uh, showman. And then also the other temptation was to cut a deal with the devil. Um, but we know that Jesus overcame each one of those tests and um, the devil then left him and Jesus came out and began his, his ministry. And um, I just wanted to, do, to reflect using a few other scriptures also and one or two quotes just on why we may um, go through our own times of wilderness or desert experience. Because, um, like I say, these reflections that I had and things uh, happened before we entered into the time of COVID. And um, sometimes we may be sitting back wondering, you know, Lord, what is... What is your grand purpose in all this? Um, even if we don't believe that God created the virus and uh, did it, in it with any evil malice, but, but God is always redemptive. Um, so what, what is God's purpose in allowing us to go through this wilderness? So uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 says this, verse 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Now those words were spoken to the Israelites um, as a reminder of you know, what God's ultimate purpose was. It wasn't just a physical journey taking them from Egypt to the promised land, but um, in retrospect one could see that, that the wilderness journey was about humility, testing what was in the people's hearts um, and, and kind of seeing whether people would still choose to follow God even in adversity. And I think if you superimpose that onto our lives for, for this journey, um, I think many of us have felt humbled in some way, uh, humbled maybe because we realize we aren't in control of things, uh, tested us, tested our resilience, tested our patience, um, tested a lot of things over the last uh, last while, and then also to see what's in our heart. Now, now that is perhaps one of the most um, humbling, but also enlightening things, because it's often only when we go through adversity that we see what's really in our hearts. And uh, sometimes I'm ashamed of what I feel is in my heart when I'm confronted with adversity. I really need to ask for forgiveness a lot of times. And um, 
I found a quote, and I wish I could tell you who it was from, um, just we'll just say from Anonymous today, that says, our tests are not to trip us up into sin, but to equip us to, uh, to overcome or to conquer sin. Let me repeat that, that our tests are not to trip us up into sin, but to equip us to conquer sin. And obviously that is the understanding that every time we uh, we say no to sin or we get through a difficult time, there's this layer of strength or resilience that's built around our heart uh, that gets us through the next, uh, the next obstacle that we come. Because if you see it, what happens at the end um, of, of this experience of Jesus in the wilderness, it's not really in Matthew's gospel, but if you look in Luke's gospel, um, you can look at it, flip, flip over if you want, but Luke chapter 4 um, at the end of the experience, it says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. So that wilderness experience was, was an equipping for him. Um, it wasn't so much a, a depletion, but rather an equipping. And later on in Jesus' ministry, in fact, Luke says the same thing, Luke 5, verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So that place that we sometimes see as the place of breaking us down, actually for Jesus became a place where he felt connected with his father. Um, he knew that by withdrawing to the wilderness, he could feel um, as close as he could to his father. He could hear the spirit of God. He could commune with his father um, and actually a place of strength for him. And I know that in my own life, um, slightly differently, but but I know that when I get the opportunity to withdraw somewhere, if it's for a retreat or uh, just some time out, that that for me is a, is a place of refreshing and, and renewed. And, and I feel that I can return back to life in the power of the Spirit. So also that maybe sh shows us or shares some different light on this wilderness experience for us. Psalm 63 starts off by saying, O oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And so um, if you today are feeling a little bit parched or that your body is longing for God, longing for something, um, we take the psalmist's example as he searched for God. Um, but we, we do so knowing that there is water for us, and that is the water of eternal life. That is Jesus, who himself is the, the stream that will never run dry. And so we can then find um, our thirst quenched by turning to Christ. We remember John the Baptist, Luke chapter 1, verse 80. John grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. So for John, his whole formation and his preparation was in the wilderness. So it wasn't for him a, a place, again, of being broken down, but a place of being built up. Um, Rabbi Zacharias um, had this to say. He said, we all want the promised land without going through the wilderness. And... Um, that also is just another reality check for us, is that certainly in today's culture, I think in today's world, um, maybe it's just my own comment on it, but many of the younger generation today um, 
feel the sense of entitlement and uh, that sense of entitlement comes with trying to minimize pain and difficulty in their lives. It's almost like we've gone from one extreme to the other. And um, there, there is, uh, in, in my opinion, there is no reward or blessing without trial and, um, and effort. It's not to say that God only rewards us if we, if we work hard. I mean, that's a whole other salvation by works kind of mentality. But, but in reality, very few things come without effort or um, sweat. And so we can't expect always to have this promised land experience without going through a time of wilderness. And especially if, like I've been saying this morning, that if wilderness is seen as rather a, a, a different place, a place of forming us, um, just popped into my mind now, it's maybe in a way our, um, our school, our education is the time of wilderness. You know, we can't take a six-year-old child and throw them into university. There is this place of forming and formation and growth that happens in those 12 years of schooling so that they are a little bit more prepared for what happens at post-grad or, or at the university level. So as we look at a passage from Isaiah, we remember that the desert is not only a place of barrenness and dryness, but there is uh, God is at work in there. Um, and those of you who've been privileged enough to travel around parts of our own country or our neighboring countries where there seems to be a lot of dryness and wasteland, you, you would know that there are definitely signs of life in those places. Let me read Isaiah 35, just the first two verses. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses, which are, are like wild flowers, wild roses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. And friends, again, these words of prophecy that come from Isaiah speak about the future. And they are there to remind people that although the Israelites may have been going through their time of wilderness, that that, that too changes. It changes with the seasons. Um, just like we see physically the change around us in nature and in the seasons, um, it's an obvious thing for us to see. Um, certainly in parts of our country, um, I, those of you who may be listening in KwaZulu-Natal, where you know my home, my home has been for many years, it's very, very noticeable as we come out of the winter months there, where it's often very, very dry and dusty. Um, that's as soon as the first spring rains start to come, then the grass starts to grow on the fields, and the flowers blossom and bloom. And there are signs of life. And so this also reawakens within us the sense that God is at work and God is with us. I, I came across another quote which I'm going to end with and then we'll pray together. Um, it's from Antoine de Saint-Exubery. I don't know if I've spelled his name right or said his name right, but the point is this. He says, and I quote him, What makes the desert so beautiful is that somewhere it hides a well. 
And that is a beautiful thought for us, friends, is that what makes the time of wilderness or the time of desert uh, or the time of pain so beautiful is that we believe in Jesus' name that somewhere in that there is a well, um, a place of refreshing, a place of hope, um, a place where water flows that is life-giving. And so if you happen to be listening to this today or if you know of somebody who's experiencing um, the wilderness time in their life and is seeing it totally as a place of um, destruction and a place of, of almost brokenness, then remember that in it there is hope um, and that for Jesus it was a place, yes, 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, he was hungry. There was pain there. There were hunger pains. Um, there was... There was accusations from the enemy. There was difficulty in that. But when Jesus was able to withstand that time and that testing, it came to an end. I mean, that's the thing. It, it came to an end. And then Jesus was so much more prepared uh, for what, what lay ahead for him. And I think just as I close, one should never forget, and that's why I started with it this morning, is that the... The starting point of Jesus going into the desert was not a, a punishment. It wasn't that God was saying, I'm not pleased with you, Jesus, so I'm going to go and sort you out by sending you into the desert. God had said to him already, I love you. You are my son. I'm well pleased with you. And wouldn't it change the way that we felt about God and about ourselves if we realized from the beginning that God loved us and he's pleased with us. So then trying to understand COVID and 18 months of complete uncertainty and change and sadly much grief for many of us, um, a lot of angst. And uh, as we continue to have debates and sometimes very heated and angry debates about being a, a a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer and a mask or an anti-mask and all that, that we forget that God loves us, that God says to you, you are my son, you are my daughter, I love you, I'm well pleased with you. And although you may go through this time of testing right now, it's not to break you down, but it's to equip you. Um, it's to prepare you for what is to come. Um, and maybe it's just a different way of looking at things. Friends, God bless you. Um, I pray that these words have been helpful. I haven't read through Matthew 4, 1 to 11, verse by verse. Obviously, I've touched on it. But if you have a moment, you could do that right now. Let's pray together. Lord God, sometimes the things that we experience in life are driven by factors that are totally out of our control. Sometimes by people, sometimes just by world events sometimes by uh, just circumstances. We pray, Lord God, that we would not forget that um, Jesus' journey into the wilderness was on the back of a declaration, a promise of your love for him. And so, Lord, if we're encountering tough times today, help us not to lose faith in you and not to even consider the fact that you are trying um, to destroy us. And so, God, you are always redemptive, we believe in the gift and the mystery of the resurrection that even though darkness and death comes, that there is more. Uh, there's a promise of the, uh, the awakening, the, the eternal life given to us in Jesus. Amen. 
Friends, God bless you. Have a wonderful week until we can chat again.